Hi, and welcome to Parenting Today for Tomorrow podcast. My name is Josh Canaram. I'm one of the pastors here at Valleydale Church, and we are so excited that you've joined us on this journey through parenting. Our goal is simply this, to help you navigate the craziness that it is raising a child in this world. Our mission here at Valleydale is simple. We are generations helping our busy community know Christ and live for Him. And that's what we want to do. We want to help you raise a generation that knows Christ and lives for Him every day. Along the way, if you have any questions, we would love for you to send those on to parenting at valleydale.org. We would love as a staff or or, uh, as pastors to answer those questions. Also, in a future episode of the podcast, we'll be dealing with those big issues that you have in mind. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Hey, and welcome back to the Parenting Today for Tomorrow podcast. Uh, We have a special Q&A episode today. So throughout the season, we have had questions coming in, and uh, we're going to answer some of those questions. And I've got some folks here with me who are going to do that. We do have one person who we wish was here with us, and that is Hannah Braswell, our preschool director. She is out sick today, but she is here in spirit, I'm sure. Uh, But we'll make sure to get her in on the next round. But I have Chuck here with me. Chuck is our children's pastor, and I also have Barry, our discipleship pastor. So we're excited. You guys want to say hello and... uh, Thank everybody for joining us for this yeah. special Q&A episode. Thank you for your questions. I'm glad to have the opportunity to address some of them. Yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're glad to be here. And, and thank you, yes, for submitting questions because um, it's an encouragement to know that people are, are paying attention and that it's hopefully ministered to them. And we, we hope yeah. to answer them as best as three dads can. That's right. <laughs> we are going to throw our collective wisdom and maybe it will meet the task. Uh, well, this is, uh, like I said, this is this has been a cool thing to see some questions rolling in. We've had a few minutes to kind of talk through those and look at those. And so that is what we're going to do. Let's just go ahead and jump in really quickly. Uh, we have our first question. And uh, this is a, I think this is a great, great way to start out. It says this, I'm reaching out to my two-year-old with the gospel, but I don't feel like I'm seeing much fruit. How can I strengthen to keep going when I don't know if any of this is landing with them? So, uh, Chuck, you have some thoughts? Well, first of all, keep in mind they're two. Mm-hmm. And, That's good. And uh, set some, I guess, expectations that yeah, you have a two-year-old. And uh, some of the gospel concepts are going to be above uh, you know, a lot of where they're able to really comprehend and understand. So be patient. Um, and really, uh, it's not going to be until they're six, seven, uh, before they can really start to understand fully, um, really what the gospel means, what some of these concepts are. And even then, fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade, before they're really starting to kind of think l- uh, less of a concrete thinker, more of an abstract thinker. And so some of these things are just going to take time. Um, but you should start to see some pretty good traction. Um, and, and, and even really now as a two-year-old, you're, you're wanting to focus in on right and wrong. Uh, God loves me. Uh, God made me. I'm important to God because mm-hmm. he made me. Those types of things. Those are the things that you're going to see. Uh, a two-year-old is going to put forth a lot of independence, and so it's going to look a lot like sin. <laughs> so it gives you an opportunity to talk about, you know what, this is sin, and it makes God sad. And so let them have an attachment to the word sin and understanding what that means at an early age. That's good. Uh, and without making God the bad cop or the mean guy that doesn't like what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, and I think I, I appreciate this question because to me it, it says – there's, here's a parent who wants to be intentional with the gospel. I mean, from two years of age, you're already concerned about that. So I just say, man, what a blessing uh, that, that you are that mindful of your child's spiritual development. Uh, the 
the passage that came to mind for me was Deuteronomy 6. This was um, what the Jews, they would say part of this every morning when they woke up. And so it talks about our responsibility as parents and then, um, or our responsibility as Christians and then our responsibility as parents. So verse 5 says, you shall love the Lord your God. You, you know this verse, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. So you can be doing that now with a two-year-old. They can, you can be modeling what does it look like every day for me to love the Lord, the Lord God? And that, that just means living out your Christian life, okay? So you can, you can do that, and your two-year-old will begin to pick up on that. He, he or she will begin to notice, hey, well, mom or dad, is, they're, doing, they're doing their devotion time. I see them reading the Bible. And so that will give you opportunity to share with them at some point. And then the second thing, in verse 7, it says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. Um, I thought this was so interesting. Um, Dr. Eugene Merrill wrote on this, and he talks about that word for diligently. It really means with precision and sharpness, and it refers to um, an engraver who an engraver of who's engraving something on a monument. Okay, so this is something that takes time. It's not an overnight thing. It's someone who takes a hammer, takes a chisel, and just with great care and with great effort works on this piece of granite. And so that's what it means to teach diligently to your children. It's something that's just a day by day, I'm hammering away, and maybe I didn't get as much done today as I thought I would, but, but hopefully you're making progress. So I hope that encourages you that over time, maybe when that child gets four, five, six, as Pastor Chuck said, that he or she will, will begin to just know, yeah, this is starting to sink in. My, my parents have been teaching me this. So, um, man, congratulations that you're already thinking about your child's spiritual um, heart at age two well and as an adult this is kind of annoying but this is why children's programming looks the way it does as an adult you can give language to and explain what you're doing as you're doing it so as you're doing your devotion you explain mommy does my devotion because i love god and i care about god's word and god's Mm -hmm. word is important to me and so i spend time in it and narrating kind of your life that way uh like you say as an adult is is feels like watching Barney the Dinosaur, mm-hmm. uh, but it's important for your development of your two-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. So I, what I hear, modeling is, a, is very important at this age. Also, just laying some building blocks. Just sure. start start building those blocks, and, and as, as you continue to, to uh, see your child get older, you're going to see your child uh, become uh, more and more aware of these things. Awesome. All right, so we've got a second question here. This is a, a very practical one. Probably a lot of us can... Uh, can attach ourselves to my child is a terrible morning person (laughs) not a terrible person i think this is very important uh a terrible morning person how can i disciple them amidst their crankiness uh i'll jump in real quick and just say this uh some uh, one of the biggest problems right now especially in the teenage world is is kids being really tired and Mm. that's actually become a lot of studies have shown that kids are not getting enough sleep. And a lot of that is because they stay up late on technology. A lot of it is because they have so much homework. A lot of it is because they can't do their homework because they have so many other things going on during the day. So the first step might be to try to understand why your child hates the mornings. Now, Hmm. if they've hated the mornings since they were two years old, that's probably their personality. (laughs) And that's going to be something you got to work through. Um, but I do think it's really important to try to figure out, is this something we can avoid? Like, is, are they tired because they're not getting enough sleep? Are they mm-hmm. tired because they're, they're doing something else? And then uh, after that, you know, I, I think we, we, I do think it's really valuable to start the day off with uh, some kind of devotional exercise. 
Um, but maybe it does. Maybe this is not the right time for this individual child. Maybe that nighttime is a better time for them. Mm-hmm. And maybe you just give give them a verse for the day in the morning, or pray with them in the morning. Um, but I don't know. I know when I'm cranky, I'm not very receptive, mm-hmm. and so probably find that time when they are. Everybody has a rhythm of the day. You know, it sounds like maybe they don't match that rhythm. Uh, the parent and the child. That's okay. Just kind of work through that. Uh, what other thoughts do you guys have? Uh, a couple in, in uh, Proverbs, it talks about train up a child in the way he should go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think part of the, the language there is in, in terms of their natural bent. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is a little bit working with them in, in kind of how God's made them. Mm-hmm. And if God's made them to not be a morning person, speaking as a, a non-morning mm-hmm. person. Um, that would not be the best time for me. Yeah. Um, and so understand that, that that may be how your child is wired and, and work with that. That's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, second thing is like in Deuteronomy 6, uh, Moses talks about four times in your day to use to, to teach your children about God's word. Yeah. Uh, one of them is is when you wake up. Um, and so figure out if, if that's the time you want to use, uh, what, what could that look like? Uh, Maybe it's a written thing that they get to read. Maybe it's not something we have to talk about because mm-hmm. I know in the morning, uh, the fewer people I have to talk about or talk to, uh, the better uh, <laughs> until I've had my coffee and uh, my nice car ride into the office. That helps. Um, but, but but also there are three other times in the day. So as you're on the road, as you lie down, as you're sitting around the house. So you, you, you've got other times that you can maximize. Yeah. And so uh, if they're not a morning person, don't stress. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Barry? Yeah, I, I, I really don't have anything else other than um, just find whatever that normal rhythm is. Uh, you know, at, in our lobby, there's, there's those uh, word for the day books. You know, mm-hmm. they're like half a page. Um, so I've, that's just something I've just even over the holidays I did. I did, I don't know, a couple, uh, especially I, I just find if I left it on the table, you know, whether it's breakfast or dinner or lunch, I was more prone to say, hey, there it is right there. It's already here. And um, so it is just finding the times where they are alert. But uh, I think in the midst of the crankiness, they have to know that, uh, okay, even though you are cranky, you're not getting away with being disrespectful. You, you know, sure. just because you're not a morning person doesn't mean you're not, we're, we're, we're not, it's, that's not acceptable to us. So there is a line there that as parents, we have to right. have to instill that as well. That's good. Uh, all right, we have another question, and a lot of the discussions, I don't know about you, a lot of the, the discussions I had with people around the content of the podcast was uh, about discipline, uh, boundaries and discipline. So we have two questions. We're going to get to both of those topics, but we'll start with discipline. And we'll discipline, go on the record that we're for it. We are pro-discipline, <laughs> and we are pro-boundaries, uh, except for Christmas cookies, which I had no boundaries on those this year, uh, except for their disappearance. Uh, all right, so... What is the best way to diffuse disciplinary a, a disciplinary decision in public? Uh, so I, th- I think what this means is the kid's just being bad in public. Uh, it doesn't seem you know you want to be faithful, but not ignore the bad behavior. But it doesn't seem appropriate to discipline them in front of everyone. Uh, this is a very practical question. I think mm-hmm. we've all been there. Yeah. We've all stood in the middle of a grocery store or a church lobby. And our kids are losing their minds, and we have to make a choice. And that choice is, you know, what do I do? Uh, And so what do you guys, in your your experience, what has been the most effective? Or maybe what are some things to watch out for? 
Uh, well, I tell you what, what we don't want to do is ignore it. And I, I, I've done that, and it only leads to greater problems. Um, we, what we don't want to do is just think, well, it'll go away. They'll calm down. Right. Um, and I, I've done that, and it's, it's, it's a mistake. So um, I, I, I would say walk over, put your hand on their shoulder, and kneel down if the child is small to get on their level, get close to their face, and we just say, hey, guys, this, this is not acceptable behavior, and so it's going to stop right now or there will be consequences. And then you just have to already determine what those consequences are. Um, I mean, one of ours threw a fit last week, and uh, according to just marched him off, you know, most big stores have a bathroom. And so, um, you know, if you're, if you're choosing to discipline in that way, you can uh, – if you're spanking, that's fine. Or if there's another consequence, hey, when you get home, you're not doing this or we're taking this away or – uh, but there's something about putting the hand on the shoulder that just says, um, you're not the authority here. There's, I, I'm the authority here. And um, what you're doing is not acceptable. So I, you know, I'm not going to let you get away with it. But here's, here's what the consequence is going to be. And so uh, then they have a choice. Either yeah. I'm going to choose to obey or, or I'm going to choose this consequence. And I've, I've chosen, I've willingly chosen that consequence. I also think in today's culture, uh, be very, very careful of the image that it creates um, because I, I think Barry's words are wise to speak calmly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, your appearance needs to be calm in, in public. Um, it needs to be calm anyway, but certainly in public when you're being watched or potentially being watched or seen, mm-hmm. you need to conduct yourself very calmly. Uh, your words need to be very short and direct um, and, and maybe redirect the consequence or the, another discussion for later. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't happen there, mm-hmm. um, or if you have to leave, you know, go, and don't be has, don't hesitate to leave. You know, if you got a grocery cart full of groceries, guess what? They'll, they can be restocked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you need to deal with it, leave. Um, but make your make your appearance there brief, short, yeah. to the point. Let the child know this is not okay, and it will it will end, mm-hmm. uh, and do whatever you need to do next. Yeah, I think. I think the first thing you've got to do is make sure you're under control. Yes. Um, I, I think it, it it is embarrassing. It's and for some reason we think it reflects on us. Obviously, it's our mm-hmm. child's choice, mm-hmm. not our choice, to misbehave. But you know, your blood pressure rises. You're you know, in my mm-hmm. in my situation, I start to get really frustrated. I, my heart starts beating. I'm like, you know, this is, and, and I'm angry. Well, like you said, that looks bad. And mm-hmm. I'm not exactly thinking strategically in that moment. Right. I'm mm-hmm. thinking this has got to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that's one of the keys for me is just take a deep breath. Uh, to Barry's point, I think I think lowering your voice to almost a whisper is way scarier to a mm-hmm. child than oh. yelling at them. Yeah. And they understand it's really serious now. They're like, oh, no, they're not mad. They're scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not that we want to scare our children, obviously, but sometimes it's effective. Uh, but I, I do think... That, it is okay to say, hey, listen, when we get home, we're going to have a longer conversation. The key is to actually have that conversation because yes. if you don't, mm-hmm. then you've ignored it. Right. Yeah. And then you've reinforced that they can get away with it, and, and you do have to follow up. If you're going to make that promise, make sure you're going to revisit it. And depending on the age of the child, for example, if you're somewhere where they've never been before. It's one thing if you go, you're at the grocery mm-hmm. store and they're used to going to the grocery store. But it's one thing if you're going to a new place in a new environment and they don't know how to be, mm-hmm. is to prep them for that. Sure. And to say, you know what, hey, we're going to be in the service today. And you're going to sit with mom and dad and we're going to read the Bible. There's Pastor Max going to talk for 
30, yeah. 40 minutes, and we're going to listen to him, and here's what's okay, here's what's not okay. Prepare them for the for the experience so they know what to do and what to expect, and I think they'll have a better experience for it. I think that's right. And last thing, don't bribe them. Don't don't reward bad behavior, but be like, hey, I'm going to give you a candy cane if you'll just be quiet. Yeah. That that now I know yelling equals candy canes. Right. And uh, yeah. <laughs> next time when you're you're just going right. to be mad at yourself when you've now built that behavior. Uh, all right. Last uh, or next to last question here, but this is a good one. I think about boundaries. It is let's say you have not been very proactive in setting boundaries. Okay, mm-hmm. so you just haven't gotten there and you have uh, let's say a 12 year old 13 year old 14 year old child you know it's time you now understand that boundaries are important Mm -hmm. but what happens when you have to make this switch is it going to feel really different is it going to feel unfair to the child because everything Mm -hmm. was fine and now it's not how do you how do you ease into it or how do you how do you flip that switch to turn those boundaries on well, there's not a not a wise choice to just come in and plop down a boundary right. um, if you've not had that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it requires some discussion mm-hmm. to say, okay, and it, we've not had this boundary, and, and I think the wise thing to do is to not blame the child's behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like this behavior. This behavior needs to change. Well, that may be true, but as the parent, if you've not set that boundary, that's that's on you. And so you, you you need to come to your child kind of owning that and say, you know mm-hmm. what, mom or dad, we, we didn't set this boundary, mm-hmm. and we should have. This should have been from day one what we should have done, but we didn't, and that's on us. We own that. But now moving forward, we see the need mm-hmm. and, and, and give description, uh, give examples uh, of how this is not helpful to mm-hmm. us, not helpful to our child, not helpful to our family. Or as a parent, maybe it's not helping me. And so in order to be at my best, I need this boundary. And so once you do that and you explain it, I think most reasonable children will go, you know, okay, I get it. You know, they may not like it, may not be happy about it, maybe may even express that. But I think if, if they're fair-minded, yeah. they will adjust and make the adjustment. And, and even in our life, we've seen that at our house when we've had to come, especially to our older two, and say, you know, we've operated this way for a while. Mm-hmm. And here's where it's landed us, and this is not really working. And so oh, yeah. we need to shift, and we need to do this. And what this means is going to be, it's going to look like this, and you're going to now have to do this, and you're be expected to do this. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you they loved it. Right. But they both nod their head and say, you know, yeah, this, this is right. But you explained do. it. You you demonstrated there were reasons behind it. You right. you presented a picture of what was and it wasn't working and mm-hmm. then what could be and what will work better. And give a, 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 a deadline for this is starting then or we're easing up yeah. to this. or So they know, hey, this is the kind of the yeah. time I have to kind of adjust. Yeah, we've. we've we're still working on this, you know, we're, we, and, and, and I think this boundary setting is not going to be something you just sit down one day and do. It is constantly changing. Like it is an ebb and flow because in our home, new things keep being introduced. You know, we have new hobbies, we have new, new schedules. Every semester seems to be a different schedule. Sure. We have, you know, new phones or new friends that use their phones differently. So we got to say, okay, actually this is not going to work. Yeah. And so it's just a way that we have to, we just have to keep going. Well, this is, you know, this works not just for, Hey, we're 14 and we've never had this boundary. Mm-hmm. Now we're having to boundary shift and change. Like you said, uh, the, the boundaries for an elementary kid are going to be different than the boundaries mm-hmm. from a high schooler. You know, mm-hmm. my elementary school, they need to go to bed early 
in high school they may have reasons to be up till ten. Yeah. You know, and so you you have to shift. That's just part of life. That's good. Uh, I really like the transparency component that you're talking about because it, it is a teachable moment for us as moms and dads just to say, hey, mom and dad make mistakes. Mom mm-hmm. and dad are not perfect. We're sinners. We love Jesus, but um, would you forgive me? You know, I, I should have done this five years ago, ten years ago. Uh, and it, it just it communicates, hey, my mom and dad are not perfect, and this is that's okay. They made a mistake. and But it's also an opportunity to say, Hey, mom and dad have to live within boundaries too. Mm-hmm. You know, we there's sure. there's there's speed limits, there's boundaries on the road, there's boundaries at the at the office, and and so it's 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 okay for them to know. Hey, when I'm adult, it's okay to have boundaries, mm-hmm. and and they're there to protect me. That's but if you see uh, you know a, a lack of boundary or a gap in your boundaries, you know don't don't let that. Uh, well, we've just never set that boundary, so we're just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be afraid. Uh, yeah, you know, well, make yeah. make don't, what happens. Don't need double to. down on a bad bad yes. decision. Yeah, that that's what mm-hmm. that would be. Make it happen. It's uh, never too late. So, last question, and we're just going to have to kind of burn through this one pretty quickly. Uh, although it's an important one, and that this is a question I get actually as a student pastor pretty frequently: mm-hmm. is my child what What do I do when my kid really just hates going to church? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so. You know, we don't have a lot of those. So when I say I get this often, it doesn't mean all our kids hate going to church. Uh, but it does mean that it comes up a lot. Because let's be honest, uh, so the first thing I usually say is this, is, is be a detective and figure out maybe why. Okay, is there a conflict with another person at the church? Like, is there a friendship that's broken and it's kind of weird? Did something happen where you were embarrassed? You know, like, did you spill your drink on yourself and you think they're going to bring it up? I don't know what that. Uh, th- you know what a lot of it is? A lot of times it's because a girl wants, or a boy wants to go where his girlfriend goes to church. And so that actually is a real thing. We lose more students to um, people wanting to go with their girlfriend to church than mm-hmm. we do anything else. Um, and that's just that's just reality. So is that the problem? Like, do they just want to go with their, you know, other homeowners driving their, their worship choices? Um, and then the, the next thing, after being a detective, kind of ask why, figure it out. If, it, if it's because it's boring or because it's not fun and it's not as fun as the other things they can do, I think that's okay because that's true. Like, it, it, sometimes it's just not as fun as if you gave me the choice to sit around and, like, watch Netflix or go play outside or run around. Like, it, that is a little bit more entertaining to, to me or, and to some kids than sitting in a room and, and listening. Now, we want people to experience the joy of learning the Bible, but that's a different kind of setting. And so it's okay uh, to say, listen, it it may not be as exciting as these things, but it's really important Mm -hmm. and and it's really valuable. And so helping the student or the child understand this is valuable. And and really it's not not designed to be, you know, we could design it to be fun. I always say I could design this to be really fun. We would just have to take all of the teaching out and all the Jesus parts out and all of the rules out. And then it would be really fun. But it wouldn't be fun for everybody. It may just be fun for a few people because fun is different too. So uh, the long story short on this, I, I think, one, you have as a parent, you've got to just say, hey, look, this is, this is important. The goal is for you to learn and for you to get something out of this, this experience. Mm-hmm. And, and we want you to have a good time. We want you to connect. We want you to be a part of the body of believers. I want, I want them to have friends. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of things that are fun in our student ministry. I mean, last night we played paper football tournament using ketchup packets. And then if you lost, you ate a ketchup packet. And it was hilarious. And it was great. It was really funny, except for the people who ate the ketchup packet. But it was a great time. But we also 
talked about having compassion, evangelism, these things. So we, we built that into it, and, and, and I hope that that's what they took away. And, and so, listen, it may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but it, it, is, it is easily the most important thing they will do as mm-hmm. they dig into the Bible, as they worship with other believers. And so we as parents have to take the lead in that, and, and we have to like it. So, and, and listen, little side note for parents, don't complain about church because your kids listen to that, mm-hmm. and they're going home, and they're going to evaluate it. I have to sit some kids down and because and, they'll say, well, I didn't like song one and two, and I did like song three, but then the, the announcements were weird. I was like, you got nothing out of any of that because the whole time you were you were you thought you had a had a little uh, clipboard checking mm-hmm. off whether it was good or not. They were the American who, Idol judge. Yeah, who cares about that? <laughs> I don't care what. You, I mean, I, I, I'm like, thank you. Send a note to to Kirkwood, our worship guy. Uh, don't tell me that. Like, what did you get out of it? You know, nothing. If you're evaluating, but you know where you learn that. You know, kids don't come into church thinking, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to evaluate the lighting on this segment. Uh, you know, they listen to their parents say, ah, wasn't it kind of loud today? Mm-hmm. And and so be really careful that that conversation does not uh, go home because, because you, they're going to model that. They're also yeah. going to model, if you talk about what you learned and you talk about what yes. was important, they're going to think, hmm, that was really cool. What did I learn? So that's Yeah, in right. everything you just said, total agreement, uh, I think. Uh, when you um, do your due diligence and you found out that, you know, it's, there's not something remarkable going on here. This right. is just, you know, it, it's my child and they're expressing their displeasure with whatever. You're still the parent. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you set the agenda of the home and I'll, I'll never forget, you know, um, there just weren't many conversations growing up um, about whether we're going to go to church or not. Mm-hmm. I remember a few and it was so adamant. Well, yes, we're going to church. We're not even going to have this conversation. Right. You just you resign to it. You know, you accept it. You yeah, this is what we're doing. And then, then the conversation at home was, you know, this was great. It was good to be part of this. And so eventually, you begin to say, you know what? Well, yeah, this was good. I, mm-hmm. And help your child find the good. You know, it, we had the same conversation at home about school. Sure. My kids hate school. No, uh, no one wants to go to school. I have the conversation every night and every morning. But we're going, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's you, you got to just, you got to buckle down, be that parent, yeah. and just say, you know what, we're going to set that agenda. Mm-hmm. And we're just really, there's certain things we're just not going to have conversation about. That's correct. Um, now, if there's a problem, I want to know if you're having a difficulty. But outside of that, we're going to be at church. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's great. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, this season of the podcast as we talked about parents. And we pray that this was a very helpful experience for you. We pray that it was an experience that, that sharpened your, your parenting skills, but also just your understanding of what God has given you in this responsibility. Uh, we know that it is a journey, and we're, we're on the journey, too. Uh, I, every day, I'm surprised by how little I actually understand about raising these children. But... Uh, I am thankful that I have a God who walks alongside me. I am thankful for uh, the Holy Spirit who guides me in virtues that I uh, am surprised in myself that I have at times. And I'm like, where did that come from? And so if there's any wisdom you've gained, let's just thank God for that. And uh, we want to continue on that journey with you. And so be looking for some more resources. And uh, all the time, we love it. Let's go to valleydale.org slash 
well, just go just go to Valley.org. You'll find lots of stuff. There's lots of slashes. You'll find some great stuff there. Uh, we have some great resources. We've got resources that will cover all kinds of things for you. And we want to continue to help you on your faith journey as well as your parenting journey. So check that out. And as always, uh, we're here for you. And we are excited to be praying that God uses these things for His glory and for your benefit. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. We hope you found this podcast encouraging and helpful as you raise your child. If you have any questions, send those on to parenting at valleydale.org. We'll see you next time.